Hi, everyone. We are back with season two of the Black Lawyers Podcast. And what better way to start off the new season than with a supersized legal hot topic breakdown of your favorite celebrity stories. Let's jump in. Today, we will be explaining the law and giving you the latest case updates and the matters of Kanye West's assault and divorce matters, Nicki Minaj's harassment lawsuit, Cardi B's defamation lawsuit, Love and Marriage Huntsville, Ariane Curry, and her likeness claim against Oprah, and last but not least, Tiffany Haddish's DUI arrest. First up, keeping up with Kanye. Oh, Kanye. Um, so there are a lot of things going on the, in the legal news world, just the general trending news world about Kanye. First, I just want to address his recent arrest in LA a couple of de- days ago for criminal battery. Uh, it was allegedly for, you know, him pushing a, a, potentially a, a fan on the ground. He's since come out and said that it wasn't a fan. It was paparazzi that was invading his space. Obviously, um, you know, in order to prove battery um, in California, you have to um, intentionally um, and unlawfully touch someone in a harmful or offensive manner. And it has to, you know, not be an act of self-defense or defense of others or um, reasonably reprimanding a child. So in this case, um, obviously, he could argue that even if he did push the guy down right, they have ev- if they have evidence of that, that maybe he was doing it in self-defense. And so if it was in self-defense, then obviously... Um, there goes the criminal battery charge. Either way, if, they, if he's found guilty, the most he would face is six months in, in jail or up to two, a $2,000 fine. So that's that. We'll continue to follow that story. On the other end, um, speaking of Keep It Up, uh, uh, Kim Kardashian recently had a, a birthday for Chicago, also a couple of days, like right after uh, this alleged battery with Kanye. And supposedly he didn't know their address. He went online, public cry, like, hey, Kim and no, no one in the family will give me the address to the birthday party. Um, he His public cry, as I guess, were because he eventually was pictured at the party. Um, but now Kim and her team is saying that, oh, she thought that, you know, he was having his own party and it was always supposed to be two parties. Again, that may not even be true. It just may be her doing PR to cover it up. But either way, I think because Kim has recently in the divorce filed to be um, considered a single person because he refuses to move forward with the, with the divorce filing, that she should also, or, or he should, just put something down in terms of a temporary visitation and custody order in place until the divorce is over um, to prevent future things like, you know, the birthday party situation from ever happening again. Um, so anyway, we'll continue to um, follow and keep up keep up with Kanye. He seems to know how to always stay in the news. Next up, Nicki Minaj. Is it true or false that she's filing a lawsuit now that a harassment suit has been dropped against her? This is so true. If you um, haven't been keeping up with Nicki Minaj and her husband, Kenny, Kenny, Kenneth Petty, um, last August, um, the person that accused him of rape many, many years ago as a teenager, um, Jennifer how I believe she pronounces her name, how H-O-U-G-H, um, then said that Nicki Minaj and Kenneth were essentially harassing her to retract her claims or, you know, admit that it hadn't happened. It essentially just harassing her to change her story, even though he's already served his sentence um, as a teenager and, and things of that sort. Uh, so anyway, she, I guess she had enough. She filed this harassment suit in August against Kenny, and it also includes Nicki Minaj. 
But then all of a sudden, uh, this past week decides, you know what, I'm going to volunteer volunteer and dismiss the case against Nicki Minaj, but I want to keep it going against uh, Kenny. And so Nicki Minaj, um, I'm sure, is very happy that she's no longer a part of the case, but her husband obviously is still a part of the case. Um, and the case specifically alleges uh, harassment through intimidation and obviously bribery that they tried to pay her off. Um, so Nicki Minaj's lawyer uh, has expressed that this was like a shakedown and that this was just an easy, tr she tried to basically include Nicki as an easy way to get a settlement um, and, and not take this to court. Basically a shakedown of a celebrity and it didn't work. And so now Nicki Minaj's lawyer is saying, you know what, you dismissed the case against my client, but now we're going to take you to court, you know, to recoup legal fees um, for this frivolous filing uh, against Nikki. So we will be following, continue to follow this case uh, closely as it relates to Nikki Minaj being potentially successful in her suit and recouping her legal fees. And then obviously we'll continue to see if the case against Kenny will continue on regarding the harassment. Next up, Cardi B versus YouTube entertainment reporter Tasha Kay. Is it true or false that Cardi is doing better in the case against Tasha? This is so true so far. Uh, if you have been out of the, the, the Cardi B news lately, um, she has a defamation suit against a YouTube reporter by the name of Tasha Kay, who just actually hit a million YouTube subscriber. She's an entertainment reporter, almost like I would say like a Wendy Williams of YouTube, if, if you're not familiar with her. Um, and so there were a series of videos over the past year or so that she did specifically on Cardi B that allowed her to essentially monetize her videos. She got more viewers, she got more likes. So, you know, her focus on Cardi B, why not be the only thing that allowed her to make money off her channel. It, it definitely helped substantially. Um, in fact, she admitted that on some of the videos, you know, she made over $4 million. So definitely maybe not the only, um, but Cardi B helped, um, her, her videos against Cardi B helped her channel. And so Cardi B has decided, well, I'm going to file a defamation suit. Well, the defamation suit is actually in four parts. Um, and so I wanted to just quickly go over what defamation is, uh, the, the four uh, subcategories in the complaint uh, surrounding uh, her defamation claims. And then just give you a, a little insight of some of the latest court happenings in, in the case in real time. So let's first start off with what is defamation. So layman's terms, defamation is when someone publishes, meaning they put it publicly. They don't say it to themselves or privately in a room, right? They publicly um, tell a third party, um, or, or more than a third party, just, just, just the public, uh, false statements about you, either written statements or, or, um, spoken statements. Now, the written statements are libel. The so spoken statements would be considered slander. And the way you remember that, or at least how I remember it, is slander begins with an S, spoken begins with an S. So, um, she's actually suing her for both. And so, um, her complaint alleges slander, slander per se, libel per se, and invasion of privacy, uh, specifically false light against her um, reputation. And so I just wanted to quickly explain to you um, the difference between um, slander and libel and slander and libel per se. So I just told you what slander and libel are, spoken or written false statements um, ab about you. 
Slander and libel per se, so when you add the per se part of this in the law, means that you don't have to prove any damages. The statements are so terrible and so defamatory that you don't have to prove damages. Versus in regular slander and libel, you would have to prove some sort of damage to you. Whether it be economic, maybe you lost money, maybe you lost your job, things of that nature. Uh, emotional distress, like you have to prove some sort of damage. Versus slander per se and libel per se, which are both in Cardi B's complaint, you don't have to prove any damages at all. Um, but they have to fall within one of these four categories. You have to be uh, speaking about um, someone's um, uh, uh, sex, someone in terms of how they are sexually in a bad way. So if you're talking about someone being promiscuous, um, you have to maybe accuse someone of um, an STD or some other virus that is that 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 could um you know affect someone being able to, to interact with others um so there there's that second category then you have the third category if it affects the person's um job right the their reputation like if it if, if you were accusing a lawyer of stealing money or something like that that would directly affect their 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 ability to be a lawyer because stealing from clients that could get them disbarred um, and so, um, and then the fourth category obviously is, is if you, if you, if you accuse someone of committing a crime. So we have the, we have the four categories, right? We have the four categories, um, of things that would get her both slander and libel per se against Tasha. Um, and so she's going to have to present facts that would, would, would support that so that, you know, if she has no damages, which she claims that she does, um, then she can automatically get them in under slander per se and libel per se. Uh, the last, um, the fourth and last uh, thing in her complaint is evasion of privacy, specifically false light against her character. So usually you think of evasion of privacy, you think of people, you know, taking pictures like paparazzi or something of your home and, you know, something like that. But it, it goes further than that. Evasion of privacy also says when you put someone's character and reputation, something that's very private to them in terms of who they are, um, you put it in a false light, you, you, you say untrue things. So um, that, that's invasion of privacy. And so we have the, the four claims, right? Um, so what sort of facts, right, has Cardi presented to support any of these claims? She's presented um, statements that Tasha made about her um, doing cocaine, being a prostitute, having herpes, um, cheating on her husband, um, sticking sticking beer bottles up her uh, private parts when she was a when a, when she was a stripper. Now again, all of these things don't fall under the four categories I mentioned about you know reputation with job or committing a crime and things of that nature. But a lot of what she does mention does fall in the category. Maybe not all of it, but some of it does. Um, Herpes, definitely, because that's accusing someone of having an STD. Prostitution, technically, that's illegal, so that's committing a crime. Um, so, you know, doing cocaine is not necessarily a crime. Possessing cocaine is. Um, so, definitely the prostitution, the herpes would, would get her the slander, the libel per se. Um, so, we'll see. You know, various evidence is being presented uh, uh, back and forth. Uh, the the biggest thing I think out of all of these is is the prostitution and the herpes facts that you know Tasha has presented that she's admitted to being a prostitute in her rap lyrics and admitted to having herpes 
um, or not having herpes, having a cold sore or, you know, having a picture of a cold sore on her lip. So that is the type of herpes. And so she's kind of presented that as counter evidence, even if she's made the statement, she's saying, well, this is why I made the statements because she's already admitted to it. So I'm only repeating what she said. Um, and of course, you know, Cardi B's attorneys are presenting counter information, uh, counter, a counter defense to that, um, which leads me to what are some of the real-time court updates in terms of what's been presented? So Tasha's husband owns 50% of the YouTube channel or the, the, the corporation, the, the LC that owns, you know, the, 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 the YouTube channel. And, you know, he's already kind of thrown his wife underneath the bus to say, yeah, I know sometimes some of the things she says isn't true. Like he's aware um, as her business owner. Um, he, he does admit he's not a part of all the content on the shows, but he's aware that some of the statements she says is, is not true. So that definitely helps Cardi B's case. Um, what else, um, as it relates to the herpes, Cardi actually says in Spanish that she has a cold sore, um, but then doesn't want the video to come in because if it's translated, it will have her saying that. And then that would help write Tasha's case about her admitting to the herpes. So, um, Cardi uh, B wants to leave that video out. So the judge has to make a decision about that. Uh, Tasha wanted to, um, in terms of mitigating her damages, she wanted to bring in evidence, about um, not so much about the defamation, but if, if the judge finds that she defamed Cardi B, that her Cardi B shouldn't get all this money because she's really an awful person. Um, she's not this Mother Teresa she's painting herself out to be. So originally the judge was gonna leave the evidence out about Cardi B making fun of someone's dead baby um, because you know they were saying her teeth were crooked at one point and she retaliated and said something about someone's dead baby. And then she also called a black baby a monkey. All of that was gonna be left out because it's like, well, what does that have to do with defamation? But the judge has decided actually now he's gonna, he's gonna leave it in so that the, you know, the jury has a full picture of, of who Cardi is and not this partial picture she's trying to paint. Um, um, and then I wanted to see, oh, another update. They're down to eight jurors instead of nine because uh, one of the jurors had COVID. Um, and then last but not least, an interesting, an interesting update, real-time court update, is that the attorney for Tasha Kay um, is actually a criminal law attorney, not a civil litigation attorney, um, is not doing well in the courtroom because clearly she doesn't know what she's doing. And so the judge keeps pointing out that the, that the Tasha Kay's attorney doesn't know what she's doing. She's getting on her for a lack of professionalism or even just knowing the rules of hearsay. Um, she wanted to bring in a video of upset stepfather saying that Offset and Cardi B had been doing drugs. And obviously that's a hearsay statement, but the attorney was trying to get it in. And he's like, you know what? You need to go back to law school. And I may even consider, you know, filing a bar complaint against you. I'm going to see if, I, if as the judge, I can even file a complaint against you. I mean, the judge is going really in on Tasha's attorney. I, I feel bad for Tasha. I even feel bad for the attorney. Um, I don't know. I feel like some of the judge's statement in this case could, could cause a mistrial. Um, I think also Tasha K maybe could call a mistrial because of the incompetence of her attorney. We'll see how this 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 plays itself out. But those are your real-time updates for the Cardi B Tasha K uh, story regarding defamation. I guess we all should watch what we say. Next up, Love and Marriage Huntsville Ariane Curry versus Oprah and the show producers. Is it true or false that Ariane Curry may have a legal claim against Oprah and her show producers. This is so true. Uh, 
just to give you a little background, if you don't know who Ariane Curry is, she is the admitted mistress to a man on a Oprah Winfrey show called Love and Marriage Huntsville on the OWN Network. And her affair and now um, baby she's had with him while he's married to the other star on the show, his wife, um, has played out over the last two years on, on this Oprah Winfrey show. And so her claim is that they have used her, Oprah and the producers of this show, and the producers of the show are actually the husband and the wife and obviously some other producers, have used her, uh, yeah, used her likeness uh, for a storyline and made all this money and she hasn't. And so now she is claiming that she wants them to stop and or at least be included in the show. And the wife on the show or the ex-wife on the show who stars on the show as producer is like, absolutely not. Uh, but back to the law, let's first talk about uh, likeness and then why I say she doesn't really have a case of likeness, but she could have a case um, regarding maybe like defamation or, or false light. Uh, so likeness, aka the right of publicity, um, is when someone misappropriates your name, your image, your signature, your voice, um, any of those things, videos of you, in anything that would characterize it that it's you. They misappropriate it, meaning they make money off of it and they don't give you any money. And not only do they make money off of it, they don't even get your permission. And so that that's likeness. So why is it that it's it, it may be hard for uh, Ariane Curry to prove that Oprah and these producers are, are misappropriating her like this. Because her name, her image, none of that has been used in the show. The signature, none of that has been used on the show. Now, there were, it is an audio conversation of her in the car talking to the husband on the show, but she gave them permission to use that audio. So there's no case there. Um, so I don't actually think she has a strong case for likeness. Now, does she have any other legal claims? Possibly uh, defamation. Um, if she can prove that anything they said on the show is 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 untruthful. Um, and then maybe invasion of privacy, false light, again, which is very close to defamation where you put someone's character in a false light. I think she made that probably would be her strongest claim. So um, yes, she could have a potential suit against Oprah and the Love and Marriage Huntsville producers. Absolutely. I think you can always sue. We, can you successfully sue? That's a different story. Um, but I don't think it will be as it relates to likeness. Last but not least, actress Tiffany Haddish. Is it true or false that she may be getting out of her recent DUI? This is so true. Uh, if you've been keeping up with Tiffany lately, um, a few days ago, she was arrested in Georgia after allegedly falling asleep at the wheel. Um, they said that she was definitely driving under the influence of alcohol, possibly weed. Um, she had this viral mugshot going around uh, with her smiling in her mugshot. Um, so anyway, obviously she's not taking it that seriously, but it, it just went viral. Like everyone had something to say about it. Um, she did bond out at uh, about $1,600 and she was only in jail for a few hours. So with that being said, let's get into the law. Um, 
part of why this has gone viral is that there was a mention that she may have also been under the influence of marijuana, which I don't know why that's a big deal. Most states have marijuana as legal at this point. Um, obviously, you shouldn't be under in, under any sort of influence of any intoxicant um, while driving. Um, but for whatever reason, people made a big deal about the weed. Um, here's the thing on the law in Georgia. It, it, it's still going to be considered a DUI, whether you did marijuana or any drug, right? Or alcohol, they put it all under DUI. So it's, it's not going to make a difference. I know some states have DUI versus DWI. No, in Georgia, it all falls under a DUI and to be uh, found guilty. Cause at this point, you know, she was just charged and bonded out. Um, she has not been found guilty yet. want to emphasize that. Um, you have to be found driving or operating a vehicle, um, number one. So driving or operating a vehicle. Um, and also, you have to also be under the influence, again, of drugs and alcohol or intoxicants. So in this case, um, she allegedly wasn't driving. She had just pulled on the side of the road. So some people are like, well, she wasn't driving, so she can't be found guilty of a DUI. However... Um, Georgia has expanded their DUI law that says operating a vehicle. So even if you're not driving, they consider operating a vehicle physical control, right? So if you have even any physical control of the car. So what's an example of that? They're saying even if the key is in the ignition, right? That is physical control of the car that's considering operating a vehicle. So obviously they would have to prove all this. I'm hoping the key was not in the ignition so she can get off on the technicality that she had already pulled over to be safe. Um, she's been recently, if you don't know, been mourning um, her grandmother who just passed away, her dog, um, even the guy off of Full House who recently passed away. That was her friend. Um, that com particular comedian was her friend, uh, Bob, Bob Saget. So, you know, not to excuse, you know, getting under the influence and getting behind the wheel, but she's been going through a lot. Um... If for some reason she is found guilty of that DUI, which again, technically she may be getting off, um, depending on the facts that are found in the case, um, it's a misdemeanor. So any misdemeanor in Georgia is up to 12 months max. Obviously, this is her first one, so I, I don't even think she would serve any jail time. With that said, we hope that you enjoyed our legal explanations of the Cardi, Kanye, Nikki, Tiffany, and uh, Love and Marriage Huntsville stories. Uh, definitely stay tuned for future legal hot topics. Thank you for tuning in to the Black Lawyers Podcast. This is your host, Attorney Jay Carter. Until next time, please follow us on all our social media handles at The Black Lawyers Podcast.